Chillies, we are into the Halloween season. We are at the start of our Hometown Heroes series, so I'm really excited for this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before I announce the person, I did want to say a couple things. Uh, One, a previous guest on the podcast's ZG Burnett recommended a pretty scary mockumentary, and I loved it, so I wanted to pass it along. It was called Horror on the Hive Desert, and it is on Prime. This isn't like a sponsored ad or anything, obviously. It's just I may have thought it was a real documentary up until the end, but either way, it's really scary. You should check it out and let me know what you thought because I loved it. Also, I was in Salem this past weekend. It was really fun, and I think the funnest thing that we did there was we went to a place called The Witchery and made witch brooms, and I included graveyard dirt, a little jar of it on mine, and I was doing the Pirates of the Caribbean, I've got a jar of dirt thing, until it was completely unfunny, which was pretty fast. And uh, overall, just a great time. So let's get into our hometown hero. This person is a ghost tour guide, has a lot of cool experiences. I really think you're going to enjoy her. Here is Eilish O'Hare Barrows. chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I'm so excited for our guest today. Uh, She is the first guest for our Hometown Heroes we have with us today Ailish O'Hare Barrows. Ailish, how are you? Barrows. Darn it. Leave this in. It is fine. <laughs> we were just talking about how I was nervous about pronouncing your first name, and then I was so proud of my brain that I I messed it up on the back that, end. How are you? That, I am very I am really good. I'm really excited to be on. Um, I've never been on a podcast before, and it was just I'm just excited to be here. Like, I just... (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to hear your stories. Um, But before we get into the spooky side, I do want to highlight the Philly side, too. So first question should be pretty easy. How long have you lived in Philly? I lived in Philly for about three? Yeah, three years now. Um, Moved here after college. So I went to college over in uh, Rowan University. Okay. So Glassboro, about 30 minutes away. Um, so came to Philly a lot while I was in college, um, then, you know, graduated and I was like, okay, I want to live in a city. And like, I grew up outside New York and I was like, well, New York is like a terribly expensive and I can't afford mm-hmm. that. I can afford Staten Island, but no matter how much they claim Staten Island is not a part of New York. It's a part of- <laughs> okay. <laughs> they refuse to admit it. <laughs> but I remember that I got to Philly. I loved it. So I moved here and it's, it's been amazing ever since. That's awesome. I, I mean, not totally similar, but I, I'm from like the Poconos, like, okay. and I remember moving to Philly was just so exciting. This little city is really yeah. cool. It, it's definitely like a lot more like, it's a lot more manageable than like New York is. Yes. Yeah. Definitely like a lot more like you still have that like, oh, I'm living in a city and there's all this like, you know, stuff going around and like all this stuff. But it's never like I am completely lost and I don't know where I am. Mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. 
and you you do stand up as well, right? I think yes, it's a great I city do. for yes, stand up. So, Alish <laughs> like stand up on Instagram. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> and then, okay, so my next question: three years. What is your favorite place to visit in Philly? It could be food, culture, or comedy venue. Favorite. Maybe all of them. So, so there are like a, a a ton of like spots I really do love. I used to do stand up over at Tavern on Camac. Oh um, yeah, that, that place yeah. rocks. Yeah, no, I I loved it. It was actually really funny. Was because um, quick background, I'm trans. Um, and right after, like, I realized I was trans, and I was in the city. I went to the William Way Center, and they're like, "Hey, we do walking counseling." And I sat down, and I was just like, "Who am I? Help!" Oh, um, and then nice. afterwards, like, okay. I was in all this stress, and I was like, "I need to, I need a place to get a drink." And I wandered into the nearest spot and it was Tavern on Kamak. And I, and I realized it was a gay bar. And I was like, huh, this is fitting. So yeah, I love that place. It's the best. It's a piano bar downstairs. Yes. And then there was a comedy show upstairs. I loved there going was. Unfortunately, there. I, I don't think the comedy show is running anymore. Mm-hmm. Or like, if it is, I haven't heard about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably my favorite, like, all around, like, if people are like, I've never been to Philly before. What should I do? Um, and I think it's also fitting for like a kind of spooky podcast, Eastern State Yes. <laughs> I have gone there at least three times. One day I went there just because I had nothing else to do. And I was like, I'm just going to go because just being in that spot, just just everything, like not just like the, the paranormal aspect of it, because that is also really cool as well, but just... It, it feels like you're not in Philly anymore. And now that you're in Philly, it's like you walk through those gates and all of a sudden you're in this completely different space. Back that's kept in like a, they call it like a state of perpetual ruin. So it's like, right. you kind of almost, it get, kind of almost has that air of like, am I like allowed to be in here? Like safety wise. Yeah. It feels like I'm breaking in. Like there are some parts of the prison that you can't visit because they're straight up falling apart and they won't fix it because like, no, we want to keep it in this state of, they call it, like I said, perpetual ruin. So yeah, love it. Love it to death. It is great. Yeah. That is so fascinating. Cause it is like, it is, it does have a lot of spooky paranormal stories, but it also just like is so historic and had had such an impact on like, I hate to say prison culture. That sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm just not yeah. smart enough to say a smarter <laughs> word, but it, yeah, it, I, it's influential. It, it definitely, like, there are, like, sometimes when it kind of feels like, you know, this is an active prison. This was an active prison. Like, people were here in 1976, and, like, mm-hmm. now it's, like, a tourist attraction. So I do admit there is some, like, it, it's a it's a very it's a i'll say it's a very unique spot there is no spot in philly that can match it in like all of the ways which yeah right absolutely <laughs> well that leads perfectly into the next question when it comes to the paranormal where do you stand are you more of a skeptic or a true believer i like to think of myself as a skeptic believer uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> sure simple like yeah so I, I i do believe in the paranormal and there are like several like instances that i'm like yeah no that's genuine mm-hmm. like for example this this didn't happen to me unfortunately um but it happened to my sister um so so my sister she's five years younger than me and one day i my mom 
my mom had dropped her off with my grandma and you know mom went to work i was in school nana was taking care of my sister and then my mom went to go pick her up and when she uh picked her up and you know driving away my sister was who was like i think she was like three at the time she like turned around and like waved at the door and said bye bye grandpa <gasps> now my grandfather on my my mom's side um he died before even i was born like he died like four years before i was born so this is like nine years after his death and my sister is like bye bye grandpa and my mom is like what what are you doing she's like i'm waving bye bye to grandpa he's in the door and my mom was like what is he wearing and my sister was like oh he's wearing like a blue suit and a red tie he was buried in a blue suit and a red tie so yeah that was like like things like that are super convincing also right. bitter because my grandfather never appeared to me. You know, <laughs> wow, me grandpa. So I'm like, wow, grandpa Thomas, I guess you just hate me. Taking um, favorites from beyond the grave. That's so, so rude. From beyond the grave. <laughs> I would be jealous too. I'd be so mad. <laughs> so yeah, so like things like that is why like I'm a believer, but then like the skepticness is like if you come to me and say, like, oh, here's this ghost story that like, you know, like this place is haunted. Like there are sometimes like weird noises in here. I'll be like, are there, or is the building just 300 years old? Right. Old um, places like, make noise for sure. You know, there has to be a, like you have to sort of give me like a little bit more than just strange noises and things like that. I agree. I think there's nothing more exciting though than when someone can give you like mm-hmm. irrefutable proof. Yeah. That's so um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, the era, that's the one where I'm just like, okay, yeah. Because the thing is, like, it's not that I'm trying to, like, diss on every place. I want, you know, like, have, like, I should have, I should get, like, the X-Files poster. Like, I want to believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of like, you know, c- certain ghost stories can kind of feel a bit, like, are really, like, Yeah. I know what you mean. Sometimes you hear it and you're like, I've heard, so like a big example is when I'm researching and I'm looking at like, say a hotel and mm-hmm. there's always, there's always, you know, like a bride that was murdered yep. at <laughs> hotels for some reason. It's such a, it's never the husband. It's always the bride. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, this can't happen everywhere. I say this as I know, knowing this is coming out after the, the next episode i literally talk about that so i'm already oh, yeah. like calling that one out whatever <laughs> that one is probably you cut it out but... it's fine <laughs> they'll forget about it by then it's fine but um wow insulting your audience okay. i know oh my gosh you guys are smart i'm sorry i'm sure you remember and it was I'm, like what the heck i'm just messing around you guys are all geniuses <laughs> all beautiful yeah because you listen to the show so you have to be at least pretty smart exactly I'd like to think um but yeah but it's just kind of like when you hear something that's like a story that's been told in many different places it's more mm-hmm. like an urban legend than it is say like a a real experience I think sometimes if the haunting is used as like it's it's like a tourist attraction it's like oh come visit us and give us money because we're a haunted location mm-hmm. that's when like my skepticism meter is like through the roof but if it's like you know someone comes up to me and is just talking about like say like, their childhood home and it's like, this happened to me. That's like, okay. Like, yes, I believe you. Like right. the firsthand account from a person who like 
if there's no motive behind telling the haunting, that's when I'm more likely to believe that like, okay, this genuinely happened. Mm-hmm. And I will say on this podcast and just in general, I, I usually choose to believe like, mm-hmm. unless, you know, someone's trying to scam someone else. And I'm like, yeah, this seems really, really real. Like the people on the show are always like, this was real to me. Oh so yeah. I'm no, not gonna. Like, like, <laughs> I did, like, like I've, I would listen to like a few like episodes, you know, in pre- preparation for this, just so I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> yeah. um, and like, I believe all those people. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear it in their voice, you hear the way they're talking. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where like, you can tell when someone's, am I allowed to swear? Yes, of course. <laughs> you can tell when someone's bullshitting you. You're right. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. sort of my belief on the supernatural is I do believe, but like, I will be a bit more like, Hmm. Right. <laughs> Unless the ghost appears in front of me and is like, hi, then I'm like, cool, you exist. All right. Yeah, that <laughs> checks out. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, with that, with everything you just explained, um, I, I am dying to know, because so you are a history major and you're a, a ghost tour guide. Yes, I am. What got you started in all of that? So I'm, I'm going to start with the history bit. Um, so I was a terrible student okay um like lately like, like, I, I are you do you know the phrase like c's get degrees yeah of course yeah i would i wouldn't even put enough effort to get a c like i, I would I, try <laughs> there, there's one time one time in seventh grade uh, i just straight up didn't do my homework teachers coming around to collect it and i was like oh um and i looked over had like oh like homework due and i was like oh whoops like i accidentally did like the seventh like because the, the same class like science class talked sixth seventh and eighth grade right like oh whoops i did the seventh grade assignment i thought that was ours whoops i'm sorry and my teacher's like i literally wrote that on the board the period before you got in here <laughs> oh no so like that's the kind of God. student i was but the one thing I suddenly, like, one thing I realized was I actually genuinely like history. And then I sort of got older and, you know, I learned, like, oh, I actually need to apply myself. History just became that one thing that I was always fascinated by. Like, I was always, no matter which teacher I had, I was always looking forward to history. And I don't think I fully, like, like when I went into college and, like, I decided to major in history, I didn't, hadn't, like, fully, like, grasped why I liked it. But now I think I have. People have not changed in the like hundreds of thousands right. of years on the planet. Um, so like when you're looking into history, what you're what it basically is, it's you know, it's just people being people. It's just the story of us stumbling our way through history. That like, is awesome. Yeah. One of the things that like I talk about like on my tour is because one of our stops is Independence Hall. I talk a bit about the founding fathers and I'm like, oh, we all know like healthy the founding fathers are these big, you know, mythical, like, you know, almost gods, you know, like there is some kind of almost like mythological, like myth around the founding fathers. Right. And well, one, half of them were slave owners and mm. had terrible opinions on things. So like, I don't know if we should really be putting them up on a pedestal, but at the same time, we know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, the plucky, you know, American farmers, you know, get up and we challenge the 
biggest military on the planet and we beat them through the might of our you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and we go on to found the greatest country on the planet god bless america (laughs) but to them living it moment to moment they're a bunch of farmers fighting the biggest military on the planet it's wild when they signed the Declaration of Independence, they nailed the window shut because they were committing high treason. So yeah, so it's like, they're, it's just people. It's just these stories. And then eventually, you know, after, you know, definitely me realizing, oh, wait, I'm trans and like the queerness coming in, definitely then added this whole, you know, wait a minute, there's this whole group of people um, whose history has been like, swept under the rug and has not been acknowledged like you know everyone thinks you know queer history doesn't begin until stonewall right but we have like for example you know it's kind of like the low-hanging fruit but it's the obvious one sappho of lesbos the ancient greek poet the coiner of the terms sapphic and lesbian (laughs) nice once wrote a once wrote a poem where she said, um, slender uh, no, sorry, sweet mother, I cannot weave. Slender Aphrodite has overcome me with longing for a woman. And then there's another one where she hears a woman laughing across a room and nearly faints by just like, oh my God, she's beautiful and her laugh is fantastic. Laugh is so beautiful. And then she like goes on to basically, like the woman she's like, you know, having gay panic for is, you know, she's talking to this guy and Sappho concludes that the guy has to be a god because he's able to stand next to her. Oh. <laughs> Which like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That is probably the single gayest thing I right. have ever read. <laughs> and it's just not talked about. People mm-hmm. still think that like, oh, Sappho, you know, eventually married to this man and lived happily because, you know, the only possible co- thing is that, you know, woman must marry a man. There are no queerness in anything. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's so much more. Like, for example... I was never taught about the no Irish need apply signs. You know, the Irish potato famine is pretty much glossed over. Mm-hmm. And there are impacts to not learning that history because now, you know, we have a thing, you know, with Queen Elizabeth dying and, you know, Irish soccer fans basically. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That and everyone's being like, intense. oh, Ireland, how dare you? You're so terrible. And it's like, you do know Ireland was colonized for 800 years and technically still is. Like, you for a second got an what? Irish brogue. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> like there was one moment where I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like, You're gonna break out the accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely unintentional. But I understand what you you're know. saying. It's um it is amazing. History, humanity, how people react and how similar it is, and you know, how hard we try to learn from it and how little we actually take away. Yeah. So I, I know I did kind of go on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> no, it was fun. And I might not fun. have like explicitly answered why do you like history, but I kind of think the fact that you asked me that question and I went on a rant kind Answers. of how I got into it. And yeah, so that's that's why I love history. Um, and that led you into your ghost horse? Yes. 
Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. So the way it wound up in the ghost tour was kind of a bit of a long, twisty, sort of like strange occurrence. Um, So it it starts with me graduating college and going to work in Starbucks because I graduated with a liberal arts degree. So, of course, I went into Starbucks. was there for a while covid happened i was like okay i'm done um ended up being like okay i quit starbucks yay i kind of need a job now i want a job that kind of works from home so i wound up working for a funeral home answering service whoa what is i didn't even know they had those you just answer for basically when the when the director the funeral director goes home they basically like i don't want any more phone calls beep and then there's this other company that like i'm not gonna (laughs) don't want to get in no that's okay yeah basically we then answer the phone and we're just like hi the director's out can i take a message um i ended up leaving that job in a basically complete mental breakdown and i was just like i just want a job that's fun Um, yeah that's gotta be tough um i looked online and i saw that um ghost city which is the company i worked for ghost city was launching in philadelphia I applied just basically like I've been on a ghost tour before. Like that was fun. Um, I'll see if I'm any good at it. And I've been there for over a year and I'm one of their two most senior guides. It's me and this other woman, Karen, who is amazing and fantastic and is such a good guide. Um, Can't sing her praises enough. She's amazing. And yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so do you want to talk about your experiences? Sure. With the um, so the tour I do is we call it the Founding Phantoms Tour. It's basically our adult only tour. We go through several different stops. We start at Washington Square and we go through like, you know, the Hill Physic House, you know, Alexander Hamilton, um, Carpenters Hall, Independence Hall. Sometimes I'll throw in um, Pennsylvania Hospital if I have time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of my experiences on the tour have mostly been through like orb photographs, which like when I initially started off and I mentioned the ghost orbs, I was kind of doing it a bit like, I don't know if I 100% believe this, but you know what? It's a tour, whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, this, like, if the orbs had kind of appeared all over the tour, I would have been a bit like, okay, you know, it's dust or whatever. But they only appear in Washington Square Park. Whoa. Washington Square Park was once Philadelphia's Potter's Field, which basically means it's a giant graveyard. And all the orbs are always this very bright blue color. 
Whoa. Like this kind of like a, a lighter blue, but the thing is like, no matter how, the guests have shown me these pictures constantly. And they're always, you know, some of them are different sizes. Some of them are like really small, like almost the size of your fingernail. Some of them are like almost the size of your fist, but they're all the exact same color. It's like a kind of really bright middle bit within like a blue, like kind of like halo, not like, 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 wow. Like a blue out, like, bright white going fading out into like blue as it goes out they're always they they i started seeing them so much i'm like oh my god like i think like this is legit and i'm like 100 convinced the one that got me was i'm doing a tour and we mentioned oh you know take a bunch of pictures and that's where they show up and one of my guests took a picture of this tree now the tree did have a plaque on it the plaque was on the complete backside. There was no way, like I've tried to recreate the picture. Um, There's no way that the plaque, like if there's any flash, there's no way that the plaque is reflecting it because you're straight up not taking a picture of it. Mm. And I was standing next to the tree. So like I was there and there was no like bug or firefly. This is like November. So there is like no insects around. And there was this orb we caught that was like almost as big as my head, just like hovering next Whoa, to me. And no. it, I like, she took the picture, looked at it and was like, get over here, get over here, get over here. And I walked up and I was like looking at it and it just, ah, it, it kind of blew my mind. And I was so just like, that that was the one that sold me. That was the one I was right. like, okay, like you know, I, I still might be skeptical of like some ghost orb evidence because I mean, like I said, skeptic believer. I will always be skeptic. Mm-hmm. But I like I I swear to God, there was nothing next to me. There was no dirt or dust in the air. It was November. There was no like fly, no mosquito. All the fireflies are all dead. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. And maybe maybe it was a ghost insect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a ghost insect. It ghost was a firefly. Ghost yeah. maybe that's all. Maybe all ghosts are actually ghosts. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. That'd be that is really funny. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, it's um, a ghost mosquito. Get away. <laughs> um, yeah, that was so just that was the one that like still to this day like i've i've put this story on my tour like when i get to this stop it is one of the things like even introduce it with you know when i mention ghost orbs i can see my guests get a little bit yeah right because i mean come on there's lights there's fire there's like you know a battle there's street lights cool and then i go into it and i'm like it appeared right here like wow look, i'll even tell my guests do you have like, the picture I don't have the picture, unfortunately, because we're not allowed to give the guests our phone number. That makes kind sense. Of like That's a, a bummer, but like, that makes sense. They're not allowed to have our phone number. We're not allowed to have theirs, just kind of some security. Sure. Yeah, no, that it makes but, sense. It's just a bummer. You should, yeah, they it, should. It's a bummer, but I like, I don't know. I swear to God and everything that is holy like the picture exists um, i believe you i mean we 
we're just talking about this. I absolutely believe you. And what I think is so fascinating is what you're saying. You said the orb was like bigger, like kind of like the size of your Um, head. And maybe about like half the size of my head. But that's still like not going to be a bug or dust. Like that's so much more unexplainable than say the tiny ones. I I, I just tried to do like a visual reference. (laughs) Yeah, you are holding up like an orb. It was this big and like everything (laughs) was cool. I have an average sized head. So you also have an average sized head. Sort of imagine something half your head size next. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Do, so when you do these tours, and this could just be like because you're setting a vibe and it's, you know, yeah. Philadelphia is so historic, but do you feel energy at these places? Does it feel off? It it's, it kind of varies from night to night. Like some nights I'll go in and it'll be kind of like, okay, it's it's just a place. Mm-hmm. Um, But there are some instances where it's definitely like, the one I pick up the most is at the um, the Hill Physic House. Brief side tangent to explain what the Hill Physic House is. Like, this is what basically basically why my tour is almost like a half history tour, half ghost tour. Because like to explain why the ghost is here, I kind of have to tell you sure history of the place. Hill Physic House was built in 1786 by Colonel Henry Hill, um, but he died shortly after its construction because he died in the 1793 yellow fever outbreak. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go into Old City and you look into the ghosts, they're either, they're basically almost split entirely in half. Half are from the revolution, half are from the yellow fever outbreak. So again, now I need to talk a little bit about Interesting. the yellow fever outbreak. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, like most cities, had experienced outbreaks of different diseases and yellow fever just happened to be one of them you know, would kill a couple people, you know, sure. you'd have like, you know, different flare-ups of outbreaks of the virus, you know, it's 1700s America. They threw chamber pots into the streets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Just Not ask. get the flu? Disease is a part of life. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As we all know now. But 1793 is when it blew wildly out of proportion. To give you an example, it lasts from about July to October, November, um, because yellow fever is spread primarily by mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the mosquito season. That's like October, November is kind of when it ends. Um, but in that window, a window, 10% of the city died. Wow. Death toll at the time was 5,000 people. If that were to happen today, that would be in four months, a death toll of 150,000. COVID's death toll in Philly over the span of two years was only 41,000. That's still a lot too, though. <laughs> That's so scary. Yeah, no, no, and I'm not trying, and I'm, and I'm not trying to like- Here, I see the comparison. No, I see the comparison. Like, That's no, just, these like, numbers no. all scare me. The ones in the yeah, past. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, like all the, all the terrible things that happened with COVID, that was only that was 41,000 yellow fever be 150 right two years versus four months four months it's intense Um, so there was like serious talk at the time like like the federal government which is based in philly fled um there was a mass exodus of people um several cities basically were like if you're from philadelphia we're not letting you in because they didn't know how yellow fever was spread 
Um, and ultimately, one of the people who died was Colonel Hill. This is where Dr. Philip Singh Physic enters the story. He eventually will buy the house in 1817, which is why it's called the Hill Physic House. So Dr. Physic was the is the called the father of American surgery. He was our first professor of surgery in the nation. He performed the first successful blood transfusion, which is great, but like people have been trying blood transfusions in the past. Um, and people are like, oh, Dr. Physic must have had, you know, the magic method. I think Dr. Physic just got lucky and matched the blood type. <laughs> that <laughs> he, would he make hadn't sense. figured out yeah. blood types yet. Um, oh, but still, wow. he performed that. Um, and also, and this is sort of his, like, you might be wondering, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Why do I care about Dr. Physic? What impact has Dr. Physic had on my life? Dr. Physic is the inventor of the stomach pump. Oh, wow. I mean, I haven't had to use one of those yet. Exactly. But, but, <laughs> but one day, maybe. Have. So if yeah. you've ever had your stomach pump, thank Dr. Physic. And he basically led the city through the outbreak up on the medical side, along with Dr. Benjamin Rush. Ben Rush, father of American psychiatry, wanted to put forward the idea that mental illness was a chemical imbalance in the brain, but also thought that bloodletting cured everything. So right. kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> but anyway... After Yellow Fever ends, Physic marries a woman named Elizabeth, has seven children, and then divorces her. They divorce in about 18, the late 1810s, early 1820s. And you do not divorce for any reason whatsoever at the time. Mm. Physic um, signed the divorce papers, barred Elizabeth from ever entering the house or seeing the kids, and she died a few years later. No. So, of course, the ghost who haunts the building is elizabeth and the one thing that a lot of people have reported is that you walk into the building and it doesn't matter how you're feeling or what's going on or why you're even entering you could be staff you could be like visiting it as a museum you could be like they have events there so you can be there for like you know it's your birthday it says sometimes when you cross through those doors you are immediately furiously angry um and it's believed that that's you know Elizabeth's anger is like permeates the Slept whole over. building. And there definitely have been some points where I'll get to the house and I'll just be like, I definitely feel something. Right. Like I'm just outside the house because we can't go in any of the stops because it, it's a walking tour. We don't actually get to go inside anywhere, unfortunately. Still come along. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> yeah. but, but even just being outside, I'll feel this sort of like, like it's not, the one the worst was um i i was already kind of walking into the situation a little bit like annoyed not the guests just you know things that happened work, work, work i kind of was like you know i was doing the tour like you know being very friendly sociable you know talking making jokes telling about the history but i was definitely like in the background i was like a man you know i gotta deal with this I'm doing the stop and I just get this sort of like, okay, the only way I can describe it, and this is kind of weird. And also if I'm ever talking too fast, let me know. No, uh, no, this is great. Cool. Is like, have you ever got so angry that you almost feel you have to like slow down because your muscles are so wound up that like, if you don't move very carefully, you're just gonna like freak out. Yeah, I, it takes me a long time to get yeah. angry. 
but I have had moments where like, I have had to like take a couple of deep breaths and mm-hmm. disengage, or I was going to say, or do something I regret. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's so not, tense. Not like I say something like I'm going to re- do something you're going to regret. Like I wasn't about to like, you know, attack the guests. Uh, yeah. But it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, like, yeah, what's going on is annoying, but I should not be this angry. Mm-hmm. We left the Hill Physic house that feeling went away Mm. and I was like, it was, you know, (laughs) it had to be this just being outside of the house. I started being affected by that sort of very negative, angry energy. It's kind of like some people think it's basically Elizabeth is trying to be like, feel what I feel. So you understand what I'm going through. It's almost kind of like she's saying, like, you know, like, Physic wasn't a, might have been a good doctor, but he wasn't a good man. That's history. Um, That's all (laughs) all history is. That's all history is. Yeah. But a lot of people have reported that, and I felt it, and I was just, wow, that was a lot. (laughs) Man, that makes me sad for her. I almost wish it was more of, like, just, like, an energy that stayed there than her i well i don't know are there stories of people seeing her like her body or (laughs) sort of so the the energy has definitely remained however we believe elizabeth herself left because as the story goes one of dr physics descendants actually divorced in the house again and elizabeth was like basically she raised hell she slam doors in his face with like open cabinets and like break things or like throw a glass against the wall and would knock like pound on the front door and it was said that when he opened it he would sometimes see a woman in a large dress disappear so but eventually gets so bad he tries to sell the house no one will take it he hands it over to the city and as soon as he leaves all that activity stops Good. Good for her. Um, <laughs> go, you go, girl. <laughs> exactly. Um, so sightings of Elizabeth have sort of stopped now, but like I mentioned, that energy, it was sort of like the anger was like so potent and so like, you know, like so angry that even after she leaves it is still behind. It's like it's left, it's almost like an emotional scar on a building. Right. That's intense. Yeah, it is. It is very intense. (laughs) Um, Is that your favorite haunted Philly location? Like on your tour? You see my... Hmm. As for the ghost aspect, yes. But as for my favorite, like, stop to tell... Um, easily Carpenter's Hall. Not not gonna not gonna give too much away. Also, because I encourage. Yeah, save it for the tour. <laughs> yeah, come on my tour and yeah. also research it. <laughs> but what I will say is that the story of Carpenter's Hall ends with a book that is titled "The Narrative of Patrick Lyon, Who Suffers Three Months Severe Imprisonment in a Philadelphia Jail on Merely a Vague Suspicion of Being Associated in the Robbery of the Bank of Pennsylvania and His Remarks Thereupon. <laughs> okay. 
So if that intrigues you, come on my tour. I am intrigued. Um, or, just, or just research it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we'll leave that as like a little cliffhanger. I did want to talk, you mentioned being related to um, someone in the Salem witch trial. So we don't have a lot of time left. I, I could go a little over an hour if, if you're okay. Um, but um, I'd love to hear about that. Cool. So yeah, mom, we recently did some genealogy and what we realized was that, so this is, this is my dad's side of the family now. So like the, my last name is O'Hare Barrows. O'Hare is my mom. Barrows is my dad. So the Barrows side of the family um, sort of extends back and eventually um, reaches the Ryder family. Um, the Ryder family goes back like hundreds of hundreds of years. And um, my Aunt Barbara was the one who did this genealogy. And she eventually ends up with a sort of record of like a someone, I forget her name specifically, married a writer and her mother was labeled as E. Howe with a stamp that basically means she has been excommunicated. Oh, and wow. was my aunt I was like, what the hell? And then looked into it and then realized that E. Howe lived in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692. Whoa. And one of the Salem witches who was executed was a woman named Elizabeth Howe. So I am a direct descendant of Elizabeth Howe. That is so fascinating. Are you interested in witchcraft at all? You don't obviously have to be, but... I, I, I am in a sense, like, I... There are people who, like, I am interested in it, but I don't actively practice it. I kind of have a fascination with the, like, you know, the idea. And, like, you know, like, I'll hang out, and if someone says, like, hey, do you want to come take part in a ritual with me? I'll be like, sure. But, like, I don't have an altar in my apartment. Um, That is simply just because I'm too lazy to set one up. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so I definitely am interested in that. Um... And also just, you know, witchcraft, I think less as like an active, like, you know, through these rituals, this is a personal thing, how I feel about it, like through witchcraft and rituals, like, I don't think I can influence the world, but the idea of like, you know, the witch as an example, because all Salem witches were, were just women who happened to be doing relatively well for themselves in a male dominated world and, you know, Mm. and were executed for it. Right. So sort of the idea of the witch is almost kind of like a countercultural sort of like, no, like very much like a women centric or feminist centric, you know, sort of like, we are taking this power back. You use the symbol of the witch to oppress us. Well, we're going to identify with it and we are going to call ourselves witches and we're going to, you know, take part in this as sort of like a F you kind of thing. Um. I love that. I love that idea. I think I I don't want to speak for everyone, but that's partially why I'm interested in it. And I've never realized that, that it is kind of subversive to, to normative culture. So it does like, I don't know. I grew up in a very Catholic household upbringing. Yeah, me too. And um, it it is so stuffy. And I mean, again, not to offend anyone, it, yeah. it's good for you if if it does anything for you. But it was always so hard for me because I I wasn't perfect, 
and mm. you get a lot of reprimand for that. And it took, it's taken a lot of work to, to overcome that yeah. guilt and shame that I always have. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've started leaning into witchcraft almost like it's like meditative almost, or like yeah. I'll, I'll do, I'll do some light spell work, but it's more for me, like manifesting or just like trying to get good vibes and good energy around me. I don't think I I've said this on the podcast multiple times. I don't think I can hex someone or like hurt yeah, somebody, yeah. but I do feel better like making a little love spell for somebody and giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Like here, this is like a little, you know, keep it with you or whatever. So I think that's kind of how it is for me. So that's a really, that's a really cool way to put also it. Also where all the good drugs are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best parties too. The I best parties are which <laughs> yeah. um, So what does it mean for you to, to have an ancestor? That's, that's a witch. Is it like super exciting or is it just, yeah. No big deal. It's, I mean, it's, it's well. The, number one, it's one of those things that I don't, I don't really know how to bring up in conversation. Sure. Yeah, be, <laughs> I can <like>, imagine. Hi, <laughs> right, how's it going? My name's Ailish. My great, 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 great grandma was executed as a witch in Salem. How oh, are you? that's so sad. Um, yeah. It, I, I feel like it's something that I'm. It's sort of like an evolving like attitude relationship i i don't know the specific word um like initially at first it was like oh that is cool as hell yeah like you know going with people and being like i i related to a salem witch. it is really uh, cool really yeah. cool i'm not gonna take away from that it is really cool but then there's also sort of grappling with that fact of like you know i started doing a lot more research into the salem witch trials and you know things like that and sort of noticing that, like, kind of like what I said, you know, they were just women who happened to be not even like su- like like amazingly successful, just competently got by, right? Um, but did it without relying on a man, which was a sin that they deserved death for, right? Um, you know, there was sort of that like. Um, you know, it, it's it's a joke from a Monty Python scene, but the idea that like, oh, we found a witch. Here's what we do: we're gonna throw her in a lake. If she floats, that means she weighs the same as a duck, which means she's made of wood, which means she's a witch. <laughs> right? Yeah. And sinks to the bottom and drowns to death. Well, then she was innocent. Right. Either way, you end up dying. Right. Um, and so, it's sort of, sort of grappling with that, this idea that, and then of course, you know being queer and that sort of adds a whole nother layer to it um mm-hmm. as kind of like a you know i'm not gonna say that like i am you know like i am not trying to say i am as persecuted as my great great grandma elizabeth after all she died right um right. but there's definitely that sort of like you don't fit in with the established mainstream culture therefore like you know look at the crap that's coming People out People treat of, you differently looking at look at the crap that's coming out of the gop right you know there was someone who was like oh there's so much like you know animosity and like you know hatred against the queer community i think we should set up special camps for them to go to so they'll be safe and i oh, saw that and i was like no i i i <laughs> my sort of <laughs> A bit off top, not off topic, but it's a bit like my brain. I'm ADHD, so I ping around 
um when trump was elected in 2016 i was very much like this is not good and people were like oh you're just being alarmist and i was like hbo's chernobyl came out and gave me my quote i live by it's not alarmist if it's a fact <laughs> yeah yeah Fair um, enough. yeah so it, it's definitely it brings up a lot of these conflicting emotions and feelings and it's one of those things that like i don't know if i will ever be able to fully sum up how it feels like how do you feel about it how many hours do you it's have? complicated it's, right. it, it's complicated but saying it's complicated feels like a cop-out but it's one of those things that like it's complicated is the only real answer i can give that makes a lot of sense actually it's again we've talked we've said it before it's on a smaller scale just about how humanity and history repeats itself it's not so different you know we should be hopefully we'll get better <laughs> it's so slow changing mindsets it takes so much time that's that's the that's the struggle of the historian is being like they said we'll, we'll learn and we'll get better a hundred years ago <laughs> yeah yeah, we'll get there. I, I mean, I after have to the have Spanish hope. Flu, after the Spanish flu outbreak of 1919, they said, oh, don't worry, we'll handle outbreaks better in the past. Right, and then COVID right. Happened, and we say it again, and it's like, maybe we will, but humanity has not changed for good <laughs> and for ill. It's not looking good. <laughs> um, well, to kind of try to make it lighter, have, <laughs> have you been to Salem? Have you? Yes, have you I have. That Did was you absolute- visit? Yes, I did. We went to the memorial. Um, we actually went on a ghost tour and sort of tie it all That's together. So fun. I model my ghost tour off of the tour guide I had in Salem. I they were don't great. Remember his name, but he was like, when I realized, like, oh, okay, I'm a ghost tour guide now. How do I do this? I was like, I had this brilliant experience with him. Like, I don't remember his name, but I remember the way he drew us in and like i was already drawn in because history nerd but he drew me in even further i had this whole group hanging off of every word that's awesome um so yeah i went there and it was really cool and fun and a great city and it's one of those things that was just like if if i ever have to move on from philly maybe maybe i go to salem (laughs) but the problem is if i go to salem it means i'm going to be in patriots territory Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't care about sports, but I hate the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the general consensus. I know to hate them. I couldn't name a single person on the Patriots. I couldn't name a single person on any sports team, (laughs) but I hate the Patriots. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, What was your favorite? Did you have any experiences in Salem while you were down there? Um, Supernatural, no. Um, I just think like something could have happened but the, we went there in the fall so there's so many people there that like oh yeah there's so much stimulation there's so many people and sounds and noises that like anything supernatural just sort of gets lost in the crowd right but i definitely did feel that sort of energy of like you know being there and beforehand i when i thought my family history i just said okay my family history stretches back to like 1950. Um, and my grandparents moved here. Um, but then sort of being up in Salem and knowing that, like, no, I kind of have a connection here, too. Like, a 300-year connection to a place. Yeah. One time I ever felt anything 
close to that was when I went to Ireland and I visited, you know, where all my family used to come from. But that is a story for a whole nother time. <laughs> we had three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything you said <laughs> so fascinating. Um, well, we are at the hour mark before um, we end. Is there any experiences that you've had that you have to tell we missed it and it's, it's okay if not. You've already told us I, a lot of stories. I, yeah, so. I, I think we've hit most of it. I talked about my, my grandma's, my grandpa snubbing me from beyond the grave. Which is that story alone is so cool. I mean, not you being snubbed, but <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I've basically hit pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. Heck yeah! Um, this was a lot of fun. Oh, I had a blast. Really enjoyed it. And I, I hope I hope the people listening enjoyed it too. I hope future me enjoys listening. <laughs> Which, by the Hi, way, future hello, hello future Alish. How are you? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Change the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Your tour. Oh. People can find me on Instagram. You can find me at Alish Likes Stand Up. That's A Y L I S H, and then like Stand Up. Um, you can also find me. I'm still sort of getting, trying to get myself like set up as like a regular sort of comedy appearance. So that's still in the works. But you can find me there. You can also find me at Ghost City Tours, um, Philadelphia. We have two, the Ghosts of Philadelphia, which is our all-ages tour, and the Founding Phantoms, which is our adult-only. I mostly do the Founding Phantoms. So <laughs> you prefer along, that one. Um, Pretend you didn't know the story of the Hill Physic House <laughs> and find out why did Pat Lyons spend three months in a Philadelphia jail on merely a vague suspicion of being associated in the robbery of the Bank of Pennsylvania and his remarks thereupon? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll go on the tour while my boyfriend come hang out. <laughs> well, awesome. thank you again. I seriously had so much fun. Your stories were so interesting and spooky. So thanks for being one of our hometown heroes and making Philly a better place, especially in the spooky community. And, and thank you for having this podcast. It was, like, like I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I genuinely had a ton of fun. I love talking about stuff like this. Yay! <laughs> Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Jaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.